0: Hi guys, and welcome to the next episode of Bitch Work Podcast. I'm really excited for today's guest. We have Nina Blumberg, who we actually interned together when we were like children. It was like my first summer in the city. I don't know how old you were.
1: It was like legit four years ago. No, it was so
0: long ago. And for me, it was like a side hustle. Like we worked for a company called an Instagram account together where we like pulled photos and stuff. You were way more involved than I was, but that's how we met.
1: Yeah, I was managing social media. So
0: I'm really excited to have Nina today because she works in the art consulting world, which is a world that I know nothing about. And I'm just so interested in what you do. And I think that it's so awesome and so different. And I'm super excited to learn about it and hear how you got to where you are, because the last I knew of you, we were working in social media. I know. So I'm excited to hear your journey and how you got here and just how you're enjoying it and everything about it, pretty much. So I would love to start off with just what is art consulting, what is it that you do on
1: a day-to-day basis, and kind of like the rundown of your job. Okay. Well, first of all, thank you for having me. Of I've never been on a podcast before, so I'm excited, honored to be here. Um, so art advising. Basically, I call it, like I, the metaphor that I use for people who aren't in the art world to understand it is basically like a real estate agent, but for art. Um, they're like, we are the middleman between whoever is selling or buying the art. So usually an auction house, a gallery and our client, and that could be an individual that could be a company or like a hotel or anything. So we advise because we're the experts on the art and the market and we give them an idea of like what they should be investing in. And what's hot. Also, we can help them with all the steps in between, such as transporting the art, framing, etc. There's a lot more that goes into it, but just to name a few things.
0: That is okay. So I already have so many questions just listening to that. So I'm really excited to get into it. (laughs) But then I also want to talk about. You said you do a lot of freelance. Well, Nina told me that she does a lot of freelance. You also have an art Instagram, so I'd love to hear about that too. Sure.
1: I moved to New York for grad school in the art market. And I came to this job because of that, which we can get more into later. And so this job has really gotten me to all of my freelance projects, basically, because part of art advising or being an expert in any industry, being a consultant, is knowing what is going on around you. And so my boss, she has always placed like a big importance on us going out, being out in the world and seeing art. Like especially in this day and age with Instagram and everything, like you can see you can obviously see artists and artwork online on Instagram, but never really does the justice of being there in person and because sometimes the context is different, the lighting's different. It just like if you don't have a person Yeah, with a filter, if you don't the filter can change the color of the work. If you don't have a person in the frame, then sometimes it can be hard to tell how big it is. So she's just always been very supportive going out and seeing art so that we're equipped to advise people on what's the right thing to do because I was seeing so much art. I was just like, "What?" A, like I'm a picture taker. I always have been. I'm always that annoying girl in the group of friends <laughs> who's like, "Guys, this moment, this moment," and have like to everyone take a photo. hates you in the moment, but then they they're grateful later yes, for sure. You're like
0: the mom of the group. I'm a I was mom. Like, Guys, we have to take a picture of the memories. Let's record this
1: one. And then I'm like, <laughs> sunset. But like, anyways, so I would obviously take pictures of all the art that I saw, and I was like, "What do I do with this?" Like they're just sitting on my phone and I know that my friends are tired of seeing me posting on my personal account about this so I just started an art Instagram kind of just as like a creative outlet and I guess in the very beginning the only real the only more professional reason I saw was like kind of just like a portfolio like a visual right. portfolio yeah of kind of like what I've seen and you know if i I think in the beginning, I thought maybe I would want to go into social media, like that I could end up in at an art company, like managing their social media communications or oh, yeah, whatever. Cool, cool. And so I thought in that way, like it could be kind of like a visual resume, whatever. So in the very beginning, I just that that was it. Right. And it was just kind of for fun. And I didn't really have that many goals or expectations for it. And it just kind of started like, it didn't take off right away. But I think because I'm such a... Like such a social media person. I was just really good about posting consistently and it grew and grew and it's got a pretty good follower base now and basically a lot of times people will come to me and be like, you clearly know what you're doing with like art and Instagram. So could you, could you manage our Instagram or could you advise us on what we could do with our Instagram? And so like,
0: well, are those um, like art studios or artists?
1: It actually ranges. Like I work with, so one of the first people that, you know, I started helping out with her Instagram, she wanted to turn it into a PR, like advertising and marketing agency. So she was like, you're good at Instagram and I'm good at PR. So why don't we like kind of you know, try and find people together. And so um, that has been a great relationship. It's called Cult Bytes with the C-U-L-T-B-Y-T-E-S. That's their Instagram as well. Mm -hmm. And um, we uh, like seek out clients together, such as there's an artist there. Sometimes it's just like smaller online galleries or it it ranges just depending. Uh, I work separately with another art tech startup called Easel with a Z And, you know, so it just kind of ranges. And you work with
0: them all on their social media.
1: Yeah, it's, yeah, I'm mostly the social media person. Like, I'll deal with the Instagram and, like, she'll deal with other things. First
0: of all, that's so impressive and incredible and amazing and, like, it's totally out of the world that I am even, like, remotely familiar with and it's just, like, such a unique, awesome, cool career and I'm sure that so many people out there don't even know that these jobs exist.
1: I legit didn't even know it existed. Yeah. Like, I, like, when I live, I grew up in Virginia and I had no idea you could even, I don't know, I don't even know what an art gallery was really looking back, like, like, growing up in Virginia, like, I knew what an art museum was and I, I took art lessons, like, I painted right, and... Right until I moved to New York, that there was, like, an entire, like, contemporary art world that was beyond the museums, and there was, like, this culture of people doing this now, and right. kind of, like, I don't know, I had no idea. I feel
0: like the most people know about, like, the art world, if they're in, I mean, art is such a important part of New York, and, like, mm-hmm. there's so much art in New York, yeah. but I feel like the thing that people, like, know, especially mm-hmm. girls our age, is probably that, like, Charlotte worked in an art gallery in Sex in the City.
1: Yep. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, literally, it's it's that I think people now are starting to become more aware because of Instagram of these kind of more like understandable artwork concepts like, you know, the big auction houses, Sotheby's and Christie's have kind of been in the headlines a lot because of they've been doing the having these like crazy, like sales with uh, artworks going for like hundreds of millions right, of right. dollars. So I think that grabs people like the money aspect of it grabs people. Um, and then just galleries themselves. Like if you live in New York, I think you're definitely much more aware just because it kind of is, we're lucky yeah. enough to be surrounded by yeah. it.
0: So I have so many questions. for sure. You're going to wait until you go through your journey when we sure. have the rest of the questions that we got from Instagram. Okay. I'm going to save my questions till the end. Okay. Um, do you feel like we kind of covered like every aspect I of the I do.
1: I think that's, that's most of it. And I'm sure some will just seep in there when we're talking about other things. Perfect.
0: Okay, okay, so now I'd love to know and start talking about your journey to how you got here, um, because you said you didn't even know that these sorts of jobs existed like before you moved to New York, so I'd just kind of love to hear your trajectory of like, how this all started for you, like where you went to school, what you studied, you obviously went to grad school, mm-hmm. um, just like really how you got into this world.
1: Yeah, so I grew up in Virginia. I went to UVA for undergrad. I studied art history and Spanish, and I... I mean, I loved art history. Like, I was super nerdy about it. I knew that I kind of wanted to study art. But, again, at the time, I didn't really know that there were other careers that you could have in art besides being, like, a professor, being an academic in art, or working at a museum. And so, I guess, when it came time for me to graduate, I was a little bit stuck because I was just like, don't really think either. Like, none of those things don't really excite me. Yeah. And so, I guess, I was considering grad school in New York that was at FIT, which is more known for fashion, but they have other art programs, studio art, and this was more of a, it was a Master of Arts, so not a fine arts degree. So it was an MA in Contemporary Art Market Principles and Practices. So it was literally, basically like this 101 crash course on all the different areas of the art world, which... I needed. So there's an MA, which is an a M. Master M. of Art, mm-hmm. and there's an MFA, which is a Master in Fine Art, which means someone is doing studio art, like they're making art. And oh, I think that applies okay, to okay. also, like, I think that applies to, like, music and other things, too. You can be studying it, which is a Master of Arts, versus making it is an MFA. Got so. it. Anyways. Yeah. Learn
0: Learn something new every day. I,
1: it, you know, I didn't know either. <laughs> I didn't know either. So the program literally just introduced us to all the different kind of corners of the art world our professors worked like one worked at a gallery one was the director of an art fair one um like one of the classes was like business like business for art specifically so like it. we had an art law class we had mm-hmm. like um a computer class but for programs that were supposed like, you know, Adobe and whatever, right, but, like, right. like basics of what we might need to know. So, like, I think in that, like, regard, it was a great overview for someone who wants to be in the art world but doesn't know exactly what they want to do in the art world, aka me. <laughs> <laughs> so it was perfect for me. If you're that person, it was great because it really kind of opened my eyes to the different avenues, the different routes I could take, and yeah. I just didn't know. So, um... I happened to start in interning, like, in part of the program, because it was grad school, they required us to do at least one internship um, while we were in the program. And the first uh, internship that I ever did was actually for my boss. And, like, when I first got here, I started interning for her um, for, I think it was, like, I don't know, three or four months, like, the normal time of an internship, and that was for credit for school. Right. And then I left. And that summer I interned for a small art organization, a nonprofit called Independent Curators International. And this was still, I, the grad school's two years. So I was still in grad school, and this was a free intern, like another unpaid internship. It was um, communic- like communications for, the, for a nonprofit. So that was definitely eye-opening because their team was a lot bigger than this private art advisor. It was like, I don't know, maybe 20, 30 people. But it's still all hands on deck, kind of, they were covering a lot of ground, because it was literally international, independent creators. like, they were, like, doing worldwide programming, and so I would be, like, talking about some curation thing in Africa, and then we're going to Australia, and then, so it was a lot of, like, and I was doing the social media, like, I was scheduling all the tweets, and all the Instagrams, and everything for all, so I thought I wanted to go into social media, and, like... (laughs) be doing it for a company all day and I was just like hmm maybe not (laughs) maybe not I don't know like I love it I like live and breathe it but at the same time it was different doing it in that official of a capacity all day right not posting tweeting all of that stuff right and like composing like composing the copy and like it was just interesting And, and it was a non-profit and it was more serious kind of uh tone to everything I'm just used to kind of being in more kind of playful environment right and right. I can do both but obviously it's more fun to be playful totally. and not have to like be so like yeah. high like high strong or whatever about We it, t-
0: like we've had a few people on the podcast who um work in social media and mm-hmm. I think the number one thing to take away from it is like it's really not what you expect it's like, not it I- can be super super fun but at the same time right. like People think of this like social media world as like this insane, glamorous, right? Like, and, like world. work from home and like do whatever you want, yeah, and, and like, like you go to events and like mingle with influencers, but, yeah. And you go to events the-
1: and you have to literally be getting content the entire time, yeah. and then after you leave, you have to be post, like you have to be posting during it. After the next day, catching up, Right. like making sure you're engaging with everyone. Uh, it it's a lot. It's different to do it in an official capacity than it is to do it for fun. And I, right. I agree. I feel like a lot of people don't realize that and they don't take it as seriously right and it's intense to do it oh yeah in an official capacity it's a
0: lot and then it never sleeps either
1: so it's like on the week I have friends who work for brands and do their social media and like they're posting on the weekends when we're on trips and stuff like you can't like you got it you got to keep up yeah and then also
0: like at the same time you're doing this all for a brand like not even for yourself Mm -hmm. and your own personal brand right okay I,
1: I was just gonna say I think if the brand fits kind of your like, if, if it's a good back and forth, I think that can be better. Because if you feel passionate about about their goal and maybe the tone is an easier fit for you, then I think that could be helpful if totally. you're looking to go into social media.
0: Yeah. Okay, so you had your two internships. I my two internships.
1: I would actually just like to
0: backtrack sure. for one second. I'd like to talk about how you got those internships. Yeah. yeah. Um, so how would you get your first internship with your current boss? Okay,
1: so both of them actually, I'm pretty sure, were through Nifa. NYFA is the New York Foundation for the Arts. Okay. And they are a known, this is important for people who are looking to go into art in New York. It's a known, like, jobs listing site for people who are, who work in these sorts of jobs. So, like, w- now that I've worked with my boss for six years, like, when we're looking for an intern or, uh, like, a part-time person, we always post on NYFA. And you get cool. good, qualified people. Um, so that's, like, a very good resource if for people looking for this sort of job. I think both of them were from that and I, most of the other opportunities that I've that have come up that are like freelance or project based have really just been through either them reaching out like DMing me or emailing me because I have right. my email on our Instagram or people that I people that I've met through Artstagram or like, you know.
0: Also Artstagram is her art Instagram. Sorry,
1: it's Artstagram with two underscores. Yes. I keep referencing it like it's a thing.
0: Everything but. will be linked on my Instagram at podcast I've already linked it a few times, but that's where you can find Nina. Um okay, so you had your two internships. Yeah. You got them on Nifa, yeah. which is actually seems like a great resource. Yeah how do you like make your
1: resume stand out in the art world like on that website it's tough I mean I think be- I mean it's it's tough. the best thing I've learned is to just make sure you're not just sending like a like a blanket resume out like Got I it. think if you cater it towards what and if you're applying to the same sort of position all across the board fine but if the position is slightly different move things up cut things out, like, tailor it to what they're looking for. Totally. As, like, your resume and your cover letter. Like, I've been on the other end now of, like, hiring people, and I think just make sure it's, like, grammatically correct and stuff. Because, yeah. like, things like that for me, I'm, like, especially working in art, like, we research and write about art a lot, and if some and if I'm looking for an intern or assistant to help me, and they aren't really, you know, writing that well, or, like, there are errors, then... That like throws me off because I'm like I don't want to totally. have to like totally edit you all the time like you should be right. so I think things you like that be attention to detail me, yeah exactly
0: not so me attention
1: more to work. detail I mean I really think it's just for me it's more like you have to meet someone in person anyway so I would also just say just keep trying and don't take it personally if people aren't getting back to you because there's a thousand fish in the sea there are a thousand jobs in the sea these people don't know you, they don't, like, if you come in and you meet them, you can wow them with your personality. So I would just say, like, it's the right people are gonna think that your resume is right for them. Right, right.
0: It'll be, it'll be a natural thing. I think it'll be a natural thing. Yeah. Okay, so you had your two internships, then what happened?
1: My, I got a message from my former boss at the Art Advising, Art uh, Consulting firm, and she asked if I or anyone I knew was looking for an internship or a part-time job and I was like oh (laughs) part-time because I was still in grad school at this time and I had done the two unpaid things by this time I was going into my second year of grad school and for context I think I was 24 okay and so at this point I was a little bit like all right it's time to make some money yeah and like I mean you obviously you have to expect to do some things and not make money from them but I felt like I had kind of like Done assimilated, that. done that.
0: You'd you done the bitch work. You right. I'd
1: done the bitch work. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that. Everyone has to start somewhere. And I really had no idea what I was doing. So I was very grateful to work for two great companies and to learn on the job because and, and like let people like have people let me learn on the job and not kill me because I probably was so probably had no idea what was going on. So um, I was like me, <laughs> me, me. me I, I, volunteer. I think I literally said me if it's a paid position yeah and she was like yes yes come back
0: oh that's amazing so so did you guys keep in contact a lot in between
1: her I don't I like looking back I mean it was literally like I feel like maybe I actually interned for her for even longer like maybe I did fall to like the like the spring and then took a little bit of break and then my, my internship with the other company was during the summer and then I think she reached out at the end of the summer going the oh, fall. Oh, so it wasn't
0: even that long. Of it so I don't think spring. it was even
1: that long but at the same time I don't think we were talking back and forth. Got it, got it. She, um so uh, the art world just also is really slow in the summer so we typically are looking for people in the fall and the spring so that's probably another good hiring tip. um So, started working for, again, the fall, part-time, paid and finished up grad school just with her the whole time. So was
0: the position in social media or was it in consulting? No, consultant? it
1: was actually just... So when I'd worked for her before, I was under another girl. Another woman was um, like her right-hand man and I was just an intern. And then that woman actually left to go back to grad school herself. And so when I came back, it was just Erica and I and I was her right-hand person. So Hi. it was really just... Anything that needed to be done, which for us includes researching art, artwork and artists, preparing presentations for clients of potential, you know, when we go into this advising, we have to get together works of interest, prices, information about the, the artworks, if the the clients, you know, want to go deeper and they want to know more about the artist, like kind of what they're about. Got it. Um, so put together presentations um, it, you know, there are so many things, uh, so that also includes scheduling, shipping of artworks to and from the galleries once they're purchased, or if an art, if a client wants to sell an artwork, we also do that, so we might need to get that to a gallery or an auction house.
0: Okay, so then you got your part-time job with her, and then I can only assume that that moved into more of a full-time Yeah, decision. so
1: when I graduated, I mean, my first thought was that I wanted to stay with her, but... It had to be in a full-time capacity because my parents were like, you're going to move home if you don't get Yes, home. And I didn't, I mean, I obviously need, wanted that. Like, it wasn't like I was like trying to only do a part-time thing. But, um, so I said that to her, I said, you know, I, I'm, I will look at other places, but my first choice would be to stay with right. you in a full-time capacity. And she said, you know what? Like, I want you to look and see what else is out there. Like, I don't, I think she didn't want to feel like she was holding me back from, you know, if there were any other opportunities that I might come across, and so I did interview at a few places, this was like, you know, a few months before I graduated, and then she came back a few weeks later and said she would like me to stay full time and, you know, offering the job, so from there, that was 2015, I'm still with her. That's amazing, you have
0: to ask for what you want, that's like something that we talk about all the time. It was scary, I hate, I'm the worst, I'm the worst. But but it ended up working out.
1: Yeah, it did. I mean, I think when you want it badly enough, that makes it more easy, because, I really did want to stay with her, and I did, I think most people, too, don't come across that thing necessarily earlier on that they want to do, and I do think I was fortunate that I came across something that, you know, like, every day I wake up and I'm not, like, dreading going to work, Right. and I know that that's not always the case for everyone, and sometimes people, like, they're building towards that, Right. and they're exploring and making their path towards that, and I kind of came across that earlier and feel lucky for that, so, yeah.
0: So now you kind of like mm-hmm. combine all those things that you were like already doing, like social media right, right. and freelancing and like right. now you're kind of like doing it all in one and right. like created your own whole career, which
1: is honestly amazing. Yeah. I mean, I didn't, again, I guess I didn't really like intentionally set out to do it this way, but I have always just loved social media. So, and like I said, my boss is great about sending us out and supporting, you know, other things that we're doing. So she knows about our Instagram and she's always been one of the biggest like champions when I have some, when I'm invited to like an event or a preview that's during the work day, she's like, go like, go, go do it. And you know, and I mean, I think, um, we haven't, we have a company Instagram too. So I like post on there and it's nice that it all kind of intertwines. I think in my mind, in her mind, it's continuing education. If I'm out and I'm networking and I'm meeting people and I'm learning about, more artists and shows and like things that are going on, then that's helpful for right. me in my full time position as well as my. Totally, other you have to get
0: out. Endeavors. I feel like the art world—you have to go out and see the you art. You do. And be with the sometimes
1: art. I like want to stay home. <laughs> <laughs> no, you sometimes have to I'm like I want to like mask in bed. There's so many things going on. I'm like, oh, I, I gotta have to do go this because
0: if I don't go, then like someone else is gonna see it and they're yeah. gonna like know all yeah. these things that I'm not gonna know. Once Instagram
1: started catching on a bit more, I think in a great way, it definitely helped me, helped motivate me to just see more art because yeah. it sounds silly because it's great and it's fun, but it's kind of tiring sometimes because no, totally. a day that I go and walk around galleries in Chelsea and I go to like 20 galleries in one day, you walk like three or four miles because yeah. and you're on your feet the whole time. But no, I mean, it's, it's amazing. I think having Artscgram like at a certain point, started keeping me accountable. In the beginning, I was just doing it for fun. And then, and then I kind of had to keep going. Like I couldn't stop. So Now we're getting into some questions. I personally have so many for you,
0: just because I know, again, nothing about this world. And I'd also love to talk also about Um, Instagram growth because I know that a lot of people out there probably have Instagrams or blogs or YouTube channels or whatever and want to learn how to grow. So first, I just love to hear your tips on how you grew your Instagram. You have like 21K, which is unbelievable. And um, just like how you got there because you really started from the ground up.
1: Yeah. um, Well, I first just want to say that I've heard someone speak about social media before and the way they spoke about it was basically acting like there's a right way and a wrong way and there's only one way to do it and they just sounded so condescending and I just want to say there is no right way to do it I think being a consistent so Mm -hmm. for me that was when in the beginning and I had a lot lot of time because I wasn't doing any other projects besides you know my full-time job and I just kind of threw myself into it I had all this content I posted twice a day Wow. which I don't think anyone was seeing at the time. Like, but literally, that's, that's I had, like, so no amazing. followers. But I also think, so, A, picking something, I think whatever it is that you're trying to grow, I think it helps if it's, you're actually interested in it. And what, whether it's personal or professional, I think if you can find a way to make it more fun, people want to be able to relate and engage. And I think the more fun and authentic and genuine you are, actually the more people connect. And yeah. I know that it's important to be professional, but I think that there's a there's a middle ground between being too professional and perform like like formal and educational and being, you know, irreverent and offending people. Also, I think there's a good middle ground
0: and art has this, um, I guess, sense to it of it being like this super serious. Right thing and to make art fun and light and playful. Like I think people can really relate to that. Going
1: into it, I think that was the part of it that I really I felt like there were accounts that I knew about or galleries and museum accounts that were very educational, and that was helpful. Or there's Google, where you can literally just Google any artist's name and learn about mm-hmm. what they do and who they are. So for me, I think, and from the very beginning, I was like, I want to make this fun. I'm forcing my friends to follow it, so I have ten followers right now. <laughs> so I was like, I have to make it funny and interesting for them, or else I'm going to have nine followers because they're going to unfollow me. Right. And so I think, from the very beginning, my I definitely wa- wanted the voice to be, like, more playful and fun and less. Obviously, there are times that I can't be silly, but... For the most part, overall, it's basically kind of like a millennial art meme yeah. vibe. because But that's also just me as a person. And so I think that is also part of it. I think if you can stay true to yourself, obviously, if it's professional, you can't always have your own voice. But I think part of the reason why it took off the way that it did was because it, people could relate to it. And it was fun. And it did make art more, I think easy to connect to for people who didn't yeah. know art as well totally and I think it for the people who do know the art as well they kind of get my jokes even more because oftentimes there are multiple meanings <laughs> to it and my friends might not get those but, but like art people will art people will yeah. funny. Yeah.
0: Um, okay. So then a question I had from earlier when Mm -hmm. you were talking just about your job in general and like knowing artists and researching artists and like consulting people with what art to buy. Like, how do you know? Like, how do you know, like what art piece is going to be like worth their hard earned money and like worth to like put up in their home? Like, is it more, um, like, is there any like facts based on it or is it really just more of a opinion based sort of thing?
1: Right it's kind of like there's no set way but then there is a set way like of course having studied art in the market and trends you I think over time you assimilate kind of tastes in a way that you can pick out art artworks or artists that people are going to respond to and but that's based off of having been in the industry for a while and kind of watching that's why it's so important to go out and see what people are reacting positively to because I think you build that repertoire in your mind over time and you build that eye and I would say like my boss for example is someone who I would say five years ago when I started working for her she'd be like this artist is really cool and then now five years later like we're seeing that artist like blow up and I'm like okay like I need to hone this skill (laughs) but so I think
0: it might just come with time
1: it comes with a it comes with time b it comes with seeing art and, like, talking about art and reading about art. But also, I mean, there are some factors in terms of value. So we use um, ArtNet database, which you have to pay a fee to have access to. But then, like, you can search any artist's name, and if they've ever been at auction, you get all of the results. Got it, got it. And uh, we do something called research incomparable. So maybe that specific artwork has never been to auction by that artist but you can get kind of comparable works got maybe similar years similar size similar subject matter or any combination of those medium matters how expensive something is like a painting is an original it's a unique there's only one of it right i mean an artist can make two but they have to paint both of them to look exactly the same and they're probably going to be different um, so paintings are usually more expensive than prints, which are multiples. Right, they're sold in editions, and the bigger an edition is, the less expensive it is because it's less right. rare. Supply um, and demand. Yeah, it's supply and demand. It's it's kind of like the more, the harder it is to get your hands on something, the more expensive it's right, going to be. Totally. So a painting, a large painting, is much more expensive than a tiny print that has. 300, 500 edition right, right. size or something.
0: Cool. Um, okay, so I'd also love to know, do you have a favorite artist?
1: A favorite artist. And who
0: should we be on the lookout for? Like, if I'm just, <laughs> I have no art. The, the only hot art, artist. The only art I own is a print of, um, Timothy Chalamet and Call Me By Your Name from Society6 above my bed. So I just...
1: Society6 is a good one for
0: So I just like. like to know, um, if I, you know, I'm a young, I'm a young girl mm-hmm. looking to buy my first piece
1: of art, like, where, sh- what, sh- what, what's, you, what do you recommend? Okay, so... For my favorite, I would say I'm actually, I mean, I obviously have a few emerging artists that I like too, a few, a lot, but I would say I actually love kind of like 1960s, I love like, it's kind of like an art history nerd thing, but I love Helen Frankenthaler and Joan Mitchell, and Helen Frankenthaler is a color field painter, and Joan Mitchell is an abstract expressionist, and... They're just, I I don't know. It's just, it's like this emotion. Mm-hmm. Mark Rothko, Morris Lewis, and it's all colors, but, and people will do that whole, like, well, I could have done that thing because it is Got abstract it. and it is
0: I like, kind that of vibe like splashes
1: yeah. on a canvas. But they were, I always say it's context because in the 1960s, no one had ever done that before. So right. they were kind of groundbreaking, and every, everyone who's doing it now is looking to people like that. Right. So they're kind of like the icons of art in that sense that at the time you wouldn't have thought to do that because the only accepted form of art was not like, it was not, it was not that. So they were doing this crazy thing that no one else was doing and kind of like breaking these, breaking all the rules and art critics kind of didn't know what to do with it at first. And then, you know, only time can tell kind of what, what, um, survives. And okay. So for, in terms of new, art and emerging artists and also just maybe more affordable art for like a budding collector. I would say artsy is a great platform for discovering both discovering artists. They put out editorial content. So they also do lists like 10 most important shows to see stuff like that. And that can help you kind of get a sense of what's popular. And then also they help you discover artists and galleries can put their inventory on, like, on Artsy for, like, for sale. Got it. And sometimes, like, sometimes the price will be there, and you can see it. There are other ones called Artspace. There are a lot of actually online, you know, art platforms that have a more affordable, have a more affordable options, and then I would also say, I mean, kind of what I was explaining earlier about paintings versus prints, like, I think starting with prints, there's yeah, nothing I wrong with that because that. they are more affordable, and... There are ways to get, like, real prints by an artist that literally made, like, a lithograph or, you know, like, went like made them, like, produced them with a print shop um, rather than just the difference would be, like, a poster or some right, reproduction right. or something. Um, and there's nothing wrong with that. You can get a poster reproduction framed of your face. Like, I can get my Helen Frankenthaler, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, painting... <laughs> reproduction framed and you know it's still beautiful but if you want like a real print they can you know be a few hundred or less than a thousand and that's a good way to get something from a more well-known artist that you could actually afford
0: is your apartment just like full of prints and art? it's actually
1: not well (laughs) I just moved but also I would like to say that (laughs) art is expensive but I mean I think as again like there are there are these platforms where it's more affordable and a lot of them will let you kind of do like payment plans and oh, things okay, cool. so I think looking into that sort of thing I need to honestly be better at decorating I've gotten sent a few amazing artworks from artists that I need to put up and I just I and framing artists. is expensive. you know what everyone needs to take into account that framing the art is actually like usually more expensive than the art itself or at least a few hundred dollars yeah it's expensive
0: it's expensive so it's
1: definitely something to take into account
0: okay cool so now we have some more questions from instagram first thing biggest misconception about your job
1: biggest misconception I think people just really have no idea what I do. I think, like, people think I don't work because I travel a lot. Or, like I said, my boss will literally be like, go see the show. Hey, you're going to gallery or,
0: to gallery. I'm going to
1: a press preview or something, like, out in the middle of the work day. So I think, for me specifically, I think people are like, there's Nina again, just not in an office. But, I mean, I think jobs kind of, the that whole scene is changing and people work from home and do things differently now but I think the biggest misconception about art in general is just people don't really know much about it yeah and I think those big auction house sales maybe probably give people inflated ideas of what's going on like I mean there's money in art but like all the money is going to different people like my boss isn't getting four hundred million dollars from a sale of an artwork at the right, auction. Right. You know what I mean? To
0: get like a percentage of that. Right.
1: Exactly. So I think the the thought that there's a lot of money in the in art it kind of trickles down. So yeah, yeah.
0: Actually, another question was: Is is your position commission based? Is there job security
1: yeah. in art? Um, I think it just depends on how big your company is for the job security part. It just depends on how big your company is. As for the commission, it really just depends on the company like a company structure like I've heard of some art advisories do kind of have like a sales position where if you were bringing in clients that you're selling the art to for me mine is not commission based because my boss is more client facing like she, right all of our clients are people that she's bringing in and if i were to bring somebody in i'm sure that i could you know that that right. could, there could be a commission involved but got it got it
0: so it's like she brings in the clients and you're like helping her do the research right. and the this we're, and right yeah, exactly. like, we're yeah exactly we're like more like the
1: man on the ground the man on the ground like assisting and she's maybe more out and about in the world like do doing you think that
0: what things. like what is your goal for your career like do you think one day you'd want to be like her
1: people and, like, ask bring me in that those sometimes clients? i actually like, and maybe i'll change my mind eventually but i actually don't really want to be the boss like and <laughs> and i think this culture that like that we're in everyone's supposed to be a boss i'm like well if everyone's the boss then no one's supporting yeah. the boss so yeah. i'm fine like not because i'm not ambitious like i obviously want to keep growing keep you know you know you get older you have a family you need to make more money like i obviously have thoughts about that but in terms of owning the company or being the founder or ceo I don't necessarily have a desire for that yeah. just because there's a lot of responsibility. And I think totally. people do it without realizing what all goes into it. And I've been working at a small company of two or three, literally at max, or actually with four at once, but <laughs> literally like two or three people for six years. So I know what goes into like running a company that small yeah. and, and keeping it afloat and not it, not like it actually being profitable and, and it's just easier said than done. I think. Working for someone like that, I think, has shown me that it's not necessarily what I want to do.
0: Right, right.
1: But we'll see. Maybe.
0: <laughs>
1: I guess ArtStagram's kind of going in that direction. No, yeah, I didn't do that It's really I'm, growing. Well, no, I'm sure that, was, that, like, it'll. We'll see. It's give not at the so point. So many that opportunities. It, it gives me a lot of other opportunities in a great way, Where, but it's not necessarily like ArtStagram is the business yet. Right. But I think all of my other activities fall under the ArtStagram name, totally. which is a nice thing.
0: All right. Let's do one more question. Someone asked, "Do you have to study art history?" You did study art history. I did study art history. Do you have
1: to? You know, I don't think you have to study art history necessarily, Um, but I think I think it'd be a little hard to be acclimated, right, and kind of keep up. But I mean, maybe you could come at it. There are there are literally Sotheby's and Christie's kind of grad programs that throw you into it it. too I don't think you'd necessarily have to I just think you might feel a little bit out of the loop unless you just happen to be very interested in art yourself and you know know things without having studied it formally I think you could probably get around it it that way
0: okay cool so let's do one last question Mm -hmm. how do you become respected in the art industry and have people trust your vision
1: I think there are ways to show people you know what you're talking about in terms of like you know and like you don't have to study art history but you have to know You have to have a way to show people that you know. That
0: you're knowledgeable. That you're knowledgeable.
1: And I mean, like I was kind of explaining about doing the comparables and doing the research. There are ways to present the information that gives people who don't really know what's going on a better context and a better surface picture of why this would be a good investment. So if you're like, this artwork that I'm offering to you, ones like it sold for 1.5 million dollars and they're offering this for 1.6 it's a reasonable purchase and look like it's grown steadily over the last 10 20 years like you can kind of prove in that way and I think that's kind of all we can go off of because it is such a fluctuating market that really is built on taste and like an artist can be hot one second and not the next and that part of it can be kind of unpredictable for sure yeah And hard to put a finger on. But I think you just build that database in your mind over time, too.
0: Yeah. Okay. Well, those are all the questions that we have. And I think that kind of wraps up today's episode. Um, I I personally learned so much. Um this was really my first episode like kind of stepping out of media because that's really my world and I'm super excited to continue to grow out of media and talk about different topics and jobs on this podcast. So if you guys liked it, let me know and leave a review in the Apple podcast store. Let me know what you want to hear next time if there's any career that you want to hear specifically about. I would love to know. Nina, thank you so much for being here today. Guys, check Nina out on her art Instagram called Artstagram and your personal Instagram, Instagram. Mm-hmm. Follow her on both.
1: Artstagram has two underscores and Instagram has three underscores. <laughs> Instagram is like me brunching with my friends and like traveling and stuff. But I think that's fun, too.
0: It's super fun. I follow her on both and both are a great follow. I would highly recommend <laughs> while you're at it. Follow at Bitchwork and at Jordan Rebecca to get all the updates on the podcast and to ask future guests questions. Thank you so much for having me. This was oh my God, great. Of course. Thank you so much for coming all the way to Brooklyn. I really appreciate it. And <laughs> it was this was it. this was really for a pleasure. Sure. So thank you so much. Thank you. Hope you guys enjoyed this one and I'll talk to you next time. Bye, guys. Bye.